So, hi guys! So, today we have another special guest. I came across him in um, in a same wellness um, online event that we were both at. And I, I was very interested in his profile because he's a Kundalini uh, yoga teacher first. That's, that's how I, I became, um, I was hooked. And because personally, this is also the path of yoga that I want to take. And through there, I discovered that he also does other things. And yeah, I'm happy to have uh, our guest for today who will be part of um, talking about the, the mind. So please welcome. Nick Daes. Hi, Nick. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Sam. Thank you for coming. I was going to say coming, but it's actually like just joining yeah. <laughs> a Zoom session. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so I, I, I mentioned that, that, I mean, I gave an introduction, but I would love to hear your introduction of yourself. Like, how do you identify yourself? Well, I guess I'm a, I'm a Kundalini Yoga teacher, but I also facilitate sound baths. I also facilitate shamanic uh, journeys and I teach meditation slash I'm also an entrepreneur. Um, mm -hmm. I have a video production company called Seabiscuit Films and uh, I dabble a lot with a lot of things that I guess I'm interested in. Like I paint, I write, um, I'm starting a new business, like an e-commerce business, but focused on sustainability and um, uh, organic products. but I think I like identifying uh, being a teacher because I think that's for me is the most unexpected uh, path, but I think it's the one that's most fulfilling and the one that that really gives me a lot of uh, purpose in life. That is really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Like, <laughs> I I just want to like because this is the first time that I've heard of it. What is sham shamanic healing? How how do you define like how do you well, actually, like, um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, inner dance. So inner dance is a um, shamanic uh, modality. It was actually uh, discovered by this guy named Pai. So a couple of years ago, like, in a gist, he basically was, like, living in a remote part of Palawan and living off coconuts. And uh, he wasn't inter um, interacting with anybody. He was alone. And something, I guess, discovered him, like an energy. And he developed these, like, uh, I guess, abilities. And from there, people started going to that place randomly, asking for him to help them. But he didn't really know how to do it. And it eventually evolved to the, the practice of inner dance, which is um, a basically utilizes um, words, physical touch, music, uh, sound, to induce a semi-trans state that is essentially a shamanic uh, modality which helps you uh, heal uh, trauma, um, ancestral uh, stuff. Like it's a very powerful thing. Like you don't need, they don't, they don't use any plant medicine or any stimulants. It's really just, um, just energy. And uh, this, they call it inner dance because when you're in the trance state, your body will start to dance um involuntarily like you're aware that your body's moving but uh you can't control it so you know it's 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 a pretty intense and powerful experience um it has a big cult following in europe and around asia 
but um, the community is from I did my training in Bahay Kalipay in Puerto Princesa. Oh uh, yeah, I, I was watching um one of your documentaries. Was it in, in, in yeah. your channel? Is is this the place that you were meant, talking about? The well, that's actually a Maya. The eco village in Palawan is directly affiliated with um, Bahay Kalipay. So the eco village in Maya is basically a space where you know like people have their own community. Uh, they follow certain rules like uh, sustainability and um, they're all raw vegan mm. and it's all really like for like I guess building that sense of um, I guess that old tribal uh, sense of community where people are helping each other. There's not really a concept of money. It's more like barter, helping out and uh, yeah, Pai owns the eco village there. It's a very interesting experience, um, and it's very interesting. Like you were talking about the the dance, just yesterday I was talking to to our guests who were speaking about the body, and how the body, you know, um, eventually you can cultivate it to get to your mind and then develop mental and spiritual growth. So, um, what it, were you always? in this frame of mind so what is your personal journey of you know transformation how did you come to experience the harmony of uh body mind and spirit well i i i you know it's funny because like growing up i was always involved in sports and i was always i always liked reading and, and writing but i guess the spiritual aspect was tied to more of religion i mean i grew up very like a very conservative Catholic upbringing. Um, my my dad's family is part of Opus Dei, which is a very conservative um, sect of the Catholic Church. So we were really taught to, well, very early on to go to Mass, you know, like every day, you know, go to confession, pray a rosary every day. So it's a very intense, like I would say, kind of militaristic type of uh, um, upbringing. And uh, you know that that it, it stayed with me for a while, maybe until high school, and I started like, I guess, falling out of it, like not being, not, it didn't resonate with me anymore. And then it, but it took a while. Like it was like you know, like all things, it's always like a, a lot of shuffling back and forth. And mm-hmm. I think when I was in college, uh, my first year, I remember there was like this. It was I guess kind of like a social social media website similar to multiply called gaia like not the gaia now an old one but like oh. there's a community of like new age hippies esoteric people and modalities and i was on it for a few months lang just out of curiosity like parang this is super different but it faded too but i think like my spiritual journey really started um like i guess my first yoga class my first yoga class was actually an ashtanga class so it was a very physical, intense experience, and that I guess planted the seed, because I didn't really take it up right after. It took me years, like maybe when I finished college, I was doing a lot of uh, vinyasa and um, hot yoga, Vikram, and uh, but it was always just kind of like shopping around, trying it out. It didn't really, my consciousness wasn't really there yet in terms of like the spiritual aspect of it. But I think it was when I, like, 
so I was married five years ago and uh, when my marriage ended that was sort of the trigger like months before that I was already interested in meditation I was just learning on my own looking at YouTube videos but when my marriage ended that's when things really I guess opened up like I kind of hit my rock bottom before I was partying a lot um, going out you know you know taking you know like things that you're not supposed to take but uh, when things got old when it wasn't working anymore I was like out of desperation I remember I just felt like okay I gotta do something different so I reached out to a cousin of mine who was very into uh, I guess she's kind of a hippie yeah she is a hippie and I joined this Hindu gathering wherein they were basically doing their own meditations like in Magallanes and after a class it was amazing a lot of them were saying hey have you tried Kundalini yoga and I was like no I've never heard of it and they were like come and join it's in this beautiful space and uh, an American teacher teaches so my very first session I remember it was it was a spiritual experience like a very visceral experience not just mental physical emotional you know uh, mental like very very like I would say it was a Kundalini awakening I mean I didn't even know what it was till much much later on like my whole body was vibrating like I felt I was high I felt I was like losing it at the same time but like I was hooked and you know I, I was going almost pretty much every day to Kundalini yoga classes it brought me to India it brought me to New Mexico and it really opened me up to like all these different kinds of modalities from you know I got certified for theta healing but you know it wasn't because I wanted to be a teacher it was because I just wanted to deepen my learning and then I ended up going to a lot of ashrams um, do going to Baha'i Kalipai for energy school for inner dance and then I guess the 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 turning point was um, I did a Vipassana um, retreat in Nepal then shortly after I did a my Kundalini yoga teacher training in New Mexico and that really changed the game like I didn't think I would want to teach after it people would say just do it because you want to deepen the practice but after I did it I just felt like this very strong pull to teach to share it because right. how can you not Baron? you have all this knowledge and learnings and yeah it's been it's been it's 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 been great but also very difficult at the same time because you know coming from production you, you mentioned your production i was in video production. i was a director for 10 years and uh you know money was great it was very uh how do you say this like i guess ego driven industry so it you know keeps you it's hard to keep yourself in check and it took me a while but i think now I'm, i've really accepted my role and i've try to find ways to make it sustainable for me financially and at the same time um, find balance because you're you know being a teacher it, they say, you know I, I, it's, it's a lot of work sometimes I think it's more work than you know I think it's one of the most noble jobs like not, not just any yoga teacher but any teacher right? so it's been definitely a journey it sounds quite a journey a journey yeah, <laughs> yeah. still ongoing <laughs> I, I was curious, like, while you were talking about it, I was, a question popped in my head, like, why do you think um, it takes, a, like, some, not really an extreme, but, you know, a, a, an event in someone's life to, like, 
push them on the spiritual path? Why do you think that a lot of us, like it was the same thing for me, you know, I was just in, in yoga for, the mind was a good practice, but really went deeper when events happened. I think for me, I mean, you know, like having had the opportunity to study different kinds of traditions and modalities, like, and in relation to my personal experiences, you know, there's like, a, I remember doing a biography workshop with uh, this guy named um, Nick Perlas. And, uh, you know, we basically were asked to map out all of our uh, peaks, like peak moments and our lowest moments. And, you know, you, I started noticing a pattern that like your lowest moments are the breakthrough moments all the time. Whether you, but you just have to see it from afar. You can't be in it. You got to be, you got to step out of it and look at it from a neutral perspective. And you realize those difficult moments are, um, those moments are expansion and growth. And in Kundalini Yoga, it's, you know, it's, it's designed to poke and provoke you so you can grow. And, you know, when they say you're, you're, you're struggling through the Kriya or the, the Asana, like um, that's when you know it's working because when you're like just on cruise control you're in your comfort zone i always tell my students this you're you know your, your comfort zone is a luxury you know like there's no growth in your comfort zone so like that's why you know it's not like you're seeking um all these like rock bottom moments but it's like you know it's part of life eh? you know it's 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 there to really make you struggle to give you a hard time so that you can realize you know they always said that quote you need you need a crack so that the light can come in and you know like you look at all the amazing stories of people we admire they all went through great adversity you know all the great stories that we're attracted to you know um i mean i guess for me i love stories where in is a coming of age you know the hero's journey yeah. but you know the problem is i think society uh like let's say disney you know like as an example no offense to all disney lovers I love Disney, but I think that whole fairy tale ending story that isn't grounded in in truth, in reality. Parang, you know, the mundaneness of life, the the difficulty and challenge of life, it's, it's there for a reason. Parang, it makes life, it's like the yin and yang, diba? Like, it's what makes you grow, whether you like it or not, whether you even realize it or not. And I think... That's the thing. I mean, I think when you're aware of it, then you can appreciate it. It doesn't mean you're going to be spared from it. That's why, I like, when people say spiritual bypassing, you know, parang just being positive all the time. I mean, yeah, you know, I see the, the, the benefits of that. But the thing is, you know, like, life is difficult and is beautiful at the same time. And you have to recognize these things and not, I guess, run away from them because, you know, they're there for a reason. That's really wonderfully sad. Like <laughs> I, 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 I thought about the Disney thing. I think because we grew up in the Disney gen generation, yep. and I think that yep. this raised a generation of people with certain expectations in life that kind of, eventually, when they realize that life is not like this, you know, kind of broke us a little. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Expectations, I think, are. I mean, it's hard not to have expectations, but they are one of the big roots of um an unhappy life when you have that sense of entitlement you know because like when you think about it you can make plans but you know life always happens and it's it's for your you know i'd like to think it's for your greatest evolution that all these things are happening to you it's because you can take it you know some people have probably very 
stable, normal lives, and you know, like that's for them. But there are others have very rich roller coaster like lives, and you know, that's because it's for them too. That's true. Okay, so in relation to happiness, and I guess I don't know why I, I related with health. Um, what is your view of health, like uh, physical, mental, and spiritual health? How do you see a healthy person? You know, I think uh, you know health is it's such a broad spectrum because, like, I know the ben you know it's yeah I've I, I've I've seen the benefits of you know like having going to therapy you know like for mental health going to healers or like you know exercising daily eating well but at the same time you know we're human eh? so like I before I used to struggle a lot with the whole I tried going vegan completely I tried like. You know, like I don't drink alcohol. I, I had a phase where I didn't drink for drink alcohol for a year, but I think you know it's this, it, it really depends on the person. But I guess for me, growing up, and you know, you know, here in the Philippines, like especially when you're in high school, college, even after that, you know, I was going out a lot. You know, going to bars, clubs, you know, like eating. I I, I was I guess I would indulge a lot in good food. You know, in drinks and alcohol, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I think everything in moderation you know you can overdo it you know like even i think sometimes if you're so rigid with your practice parang you know you're defeating the purpose right and i think it's the same thing like you know as much as possible eat healthy but you know you can have a cheat day right? and at the same time now like parang i notice i eat a lot more sweets but like we're in a pandemic right? these are the, these are extraordinary times and i think i always tell you know it's funny because like Every time I talk to my students or every time I teach, especially with meditation, you know, I always realize that, man, I'm, this is like advice for me. You know, yeah. it's not just for them. It's like, you know, be gentle on yourself, be kind to yourself. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's, we have to realize that sometimes there are days when you can't do anything. Right? There are days when you're super productive. You know, that, that's the thing. Eh? Like, I think society has conditioned us to believe that we're supposed to be on all mm. the time. Right? Social media. It has to be all the good stuff, diba? And that's that's not real. Parang you have to realize that you have to find your pace, your 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 inner rhythm, as I always say. Because like, you know, we're 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 humans. We're very complex beings, and it's not black and white. It's very very gray, a full spectrum of grayness. And I think you have to, you know, if you realize that, then I think you're gonna spare yourself from like disease and unnecessary stress. But like, you know, it's stress is always going to be there because we live in this material world. But I guess, you know, there are ways to be able to deal with that. And I think by being kind, being gentle on yourself, it's and finding that middle ground with being able to also pursue the things that you want to do. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing, this thing, you know, being able to like uh, find balance. Yeah, it's it's like um in my experience at least it's like uh, keeping a, a stick you know sometimes you will fall off but it's a constant dynamic constant. effort constant. to keep yourself you know in in line but I think it's also a good point when you said about uh, when you teach this is what you're supposed to be telling yourself <laughs> because what you teach actually I mean I trust teachers more who have a personal experience like it really came from them you know not just something someone else told them like so i think that way is really more genuine and exactly yeah because i think like for for example like i mean like with with addicts you know like i've, I've 
I've talked to a lot of our recovering addicts and you know like if you go you if if people have heard about narcotics anonymous or alcoholics anonymous you know like they always say that the reason why the the program works is because um you're it's designed to help you help other people to put other people before you and i think that's one of the biggest realizations that i've had in the recent years um i joined this this um uh immersion program in new mexico in the ashram uh called seva sadna and seva means selfless service sadna means spiritual practice and basically that was you know the lifestyle that you were living you know helping you know the poor you know um being of service cooking you know everyone helps out in the kitchen helps out in the farm everyone goes to the temple you know everyone meditates everyone practices and there's a very very strong sense of community and and selflessness and i think that's that's what I crave for Talaga. We talked about this kanina, you know, with community. Because it's not just being around people. It's being able to do things for other people without, you know, like, you know, I mean, you know this, you know, like being in from the advertising industry, there's always like what, you know, like that it's very transactional. Parang, you know, you're, you're, you're meeting to network, not to like help other people. But I think that's the beauty of, um, and it doesn't need to lim- be limited to wellness and you know a yoga being a yoga teacher like you can be a businessman and be of service i know a lot of people who are who do that and i think that's really really that's the key but it's so hard also to like always keep it in mind because you get caught up in the ego we get caught up in our own lives but i think whenever i i think about that and i think about okay am i helping other people or if I were to die tomorrow, am I living the way I want to live? For me, that's a very good, like, uh, how do you say this? Um, like, reality check. Immediate reality check. Am I, am I living the life I want if I knew I was going to die tomorrow? I think that's, that's powerful. It's really the, the closeness to, like, death, you know, not yeah. like a bad way, but, like, is this what I want to contribute? At exactly. Because you're not going to want to be in the office if you know you're gonna die tomorrow, no way. You want to spend time with family, with friends, with loved ones, eating the food you want to eat. You know, like you know, it's really it's it's that. It's like as you said, it's that finding that balance. It's a, it's tricky, but that's the beauty of life, the trickiness. That's true. That's very nice. <laughs> um, how about um your? Could you tell me more because this is something that I was really interested in at the beginning, and I know that you were touching on it already about kundalini yoga so um what is your personal story of this how did you choose kundalini as your path as opposed to you know other um schools of yoga so the thing with kundalini um because like i i I guess i'm a very fickle-minded person i like dabbling i like trying different things i've never really stayed with anything because i always uh, i get bored or i get restless but for some reason, with Kundalini Yoga, it was so challenging. It was so out of this world in the sense that, like, I've never felt things like that. Like, I, I can always, like, associate it or liken it to, like, um, a psychedelic experience or an orgasm or, like, uh, you know, being super, super happy. Or But it's not. It. It's in a different level. It's a different frequency. And I think the fact that, the classes are always different since we draw they're like thousands of kriyas 
you know, focused on like the digestive system or like, you know, the circulatory system or for expansion or forgiveness. Like, it's just like, how can I ever get bored? You know, I mean, I admit I've had like, you know, like phases where I wasn't practicing as much, but, you know, I, I, I always come back to it. You know, it's the one thing that's helped me so much in terms of like developing a meditative practice. I think it, it really turns you on in the sense that it makes you, I mean, it's known as the yoga of awareness. And I love that it was like taught to like mystics and, you know, royalty in India centuries ago. And, you know, it's like, you know, I'd like to believe that, um, you know, superhero movies were based on these, you know, yogis to be able to like tap into that, that superpower in you. And I, I love that, like how your body is an instrument. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I love, I still, until now, I still do yin yoga. I still do vinyasa. But Kundalini kasi for me is really something, it's so visceral, eh? like it's so intense. Like I've had, you know, before when I, even before I started teaching, I would always invite my friends and family to join classes with me, to go to my teacher's classes. And it's really love or hate, you know, 50% love it, 50% hate it. I mean, it can be really like woo-woo because people are wearing turbans, all white, long beards and stuff. But you know, I, I can appreciate it. Like I don't, I don't wear white when I teach. I don't wear the turban. But you know, like I, I, I understand because I've experienced it. I've worn white. I've worn the turban, and there is value to it. But you know, I understand that you know, especially here in Manila, you know, it's it's too much. Like pe- people aren't really ready for that. I want, I want to be more palatable to people, more appealing. So you know, like it's, I mean, it's not, it's never, it's not, I don't think it's ever gonna be as popular as like vinyasa or rocket or hatha <laughs> but it, it it resonates to the people that it needs to resonate to and i you know i it's been an amazing uh practice to have because it's it's really been the most um life-altering for me i think that's very deep actually kundalini like in my experience at least like because i i really wanted to go deep into hatha like traditional hatha you know not just now like modern hatha yeah like, kundalini is actually part of like traditional it is it is actually it's the root it's the source of so kundalini it's very very interesting how how it's it's expressed itself in modern times like you said you know um many people are not ready for it and and it's it's a good thing that you find find a way to you know make it more accessible. I was gonna say at the intro of this, like um, I would ask later on how we can make things more accessible to people who are just starting because like like you said, woo woo. I was I, this was always like a funny term for me, like how how people see you know uh, spiritual alternative things. They call it woo woo, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We got pigeonholed that way. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's strange how like we're we're a subculture in itself. You know what I mean? Like you I think become not brand. For long, though it's going huh. to be not for long, not for yeah, long. yeah, for sure. I believe that it's really happening. It's just I think you need to also, you know, I mean, like I remember like whenever I'd go to New York, like I'd I'd, I'd go to um the studios there, Kundalini Yoga Studios, and they were filled like packed with men. You know, like men, more men than women, and you know, I was like, wow, it's just, it, it, you know, it's just readiness to like, like, because it is popular in the states and Europe, but in different parts in China, it's a big community. But 
you know, it's just a matter of like, because there are a lot of teachers here in Manila, in the Philippines already now. Like, I think we're more than 30 already. But, you know, I, I mean, I respect the traditional way of teaching. But I think personally, since my demographic are pretty young and they're not really in that world of, um, you know, like wellness and spirituality, I have to adjust. I mean, I'm not changing. I'm not inventing anything. I'm just, I guess, like, uh, just repackaging it so that it's more uh, accessible for them so they can actually relate to it rather than feel intimidated. Because a lot of people have told me it's intimidating, parang kundalini yoga. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it is. But I mean, like, but like, I always tell them it's an experience. You know, it's, if you feel called to do it, then you should try it out. That's true. I think um, um, some of a lot of the Kundalini teachers that I, I took before also mentioned, you know, it's it's really accessing the mind. Maybe that's also their way to repackage it, you know, not make it not, not use too many terms. So in relation to the mind, uh, because to many people, it's an elusive, like mysterious idea. Right. So how, how do you define the mind and and yeah how do you define the mind yeah i think the it, it's you know i've been getting into like a lot of like um you know art like these podcasts on artificial intelligence and uh um neuroplasticity you know like and it, it i'm seeing a, so many you know psychedelics so many similarities with uh with you know kundalini yoga and shamanic journeys and i think you know like we're, we're, we're only, we're just barely um, scratching the surface, you know, like I, I, you know, I've, I've done shamanic journeys, I've done um, plant ceremonies, and I think, you know, like, it's, there's so much to discover, and I think the mind is such a complex, um, I would say, being, like, and it's, it's separate but from your consciousness, right? Like, the mind has so many levels and you know like the, the thoughts aren't are non-stop but there's also you know you think of like monks and uh, yogis who are able to like control their nervous systems control their you know body temperature and be able to like do these crazy things like melt ice heat water like you know that's how powerful the mind is and i think that's why you know i i love like like for example michael phelps you know like he's an olympic gold medalist multi-gold medalist and you know i remember reading one of his stories that whenever he prepares for um you know like a a swim like he's visualizing that super super specifically like he basically he's already seeing the win and i think people don't realize how powerful the mind is that it doesn't care whether it's negative or positive you know it's it's it will just tune into that that frequency and that's the challenge right? and that requires discipline that's why i think i've always loved how you know the practice of qigong kung fu you know or or, or yoga and meditation because it, it you need the discipline because to harness the mind because yeah. like if you just let it play then it'll just be a, a wild animal right? and um you know it it, it 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 is very difficult in this day and age i would say because there's so much stimulation from social media, from our gadgets, from just everything. But we're bombarded by, um, like, 
being sold things, diba? So, I think that's why now, you, all the more, it's more important to really, like, get into that flow state. And I think the mind likes being in that state as well. But you gotta find your thing, you know. Sometimes, meditation might not be for everybody. But, you know, like, playing tennis could be a meditative experience. Like, washing the dishes, making your bed. The Bari's rituals are meditative experiences in itself because I would like to believe that you know, every part of life is sacred. And if you see it that way, then it becomes sacred, it becomes a meditative experience. Wow, this is, wow. <laughs> so in relation to meditation, you, you said that um, it's a, it was a very good way to put it, like the, the power of the mind. You know, we, we hear so much about the law of attraction these days, right? Yeah. Um, how powerful the thoughts are and, and how you can harness it if you knew how. And, and a lot of the things we hear is meditation. So how, what is meditation like you mentioned before? How would you define it to people who are just starting? I would always tell like um, people who don't know anything about meditation that it's, you know, wanting to, to turn off the noise, that's, that's just like one, one tiny, tiny part. You know, like um, it's it's you know it doesn't. I always tell them you're not actually turning off the noise. You're just you know like changing the dial of your your frequency. You know your your attention. You know that's why you 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 stay with your breath. You stay with the mantra. You know mantras are there to cut through emotional and mental patterns. You know that's why they're, they're so powerful, diba. But I think you know meditation is. I think it's it's such a complex. Um, process because it's, it's being able to connect with yourself it's being able to find the insights within the noise it's being able to really know where you're at to recognize where you are and you know it's like it i think meditation is like prayer it's like um it's also like a, a way to just disconnect as well you know it it it, it, it and it changes because it, like you know not not every, every, like your meditations will never be the same it's always it always depends on where you're at in life, where you're at during that day at that moment. But I think it's like the best tool to sort of like recalibrate yourself, you know, to be able to find fine tune yourself. Like you said, like to like sit down and just if you're in a you're in a seesaw, you're like trying to make it balance into like an equilibrium, diba? Right? Like I mean, I remember like I don't know if you've seen that show Billions, like uh, yeah. you know, it's like about like if you notice the protagonists both almost all the protagonists there in their offices they'll like set their timer and meditate for like 20 minutes because like if you look at it from um a high performer perspective it makes sense it's like you're refueling or you're letting your car rest you need that you need to like it's like sleep sleep is the deepest form of meditation is it is it static nope it's filled with dreams, filled with the subconscious. Same thing with meditation, but it's full of insight. It's full of, um, like, full of emotion as well. But it's if you're able, to, and that's where you need to train yourself to be able to sift through that, to be able to tap into that higher, higher frequency. It's an interesting um, concept that you you know identified it with a certain frequency. I didn't. I I never actually thought of it like that. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, I think it's like, I, but I always liken that to a, um, a psychedelic experience. Uh, 
Because like, I don't know if you ever tried meditating on psychedelics, but I think that that's really one of the most intense, profound experiences I've ever had. Because that's when you realize that your breath is the breath of life, literally. You know, it's the the whole universe is really inside you because you see it. Because eh? it's not just some abstract concept. But you know, it's I'm not encouraging psychedelics, but like, if it calls for you, not officially. <laughs> okay, so I, I personally believe in you know having an integrated life. That's why I themed the whole thing, you know, holistic health. Um, and you are a person who is, who's doing a lot, right? Like you said, you are teaching and you're also into arts, you run a business. So how does this all come together? What drives you to bring these all together in, in your life? It's very simple for me. Like I always share this because it's such a, it was such a, I remember in my teacher training two years ago, uh, I was with one of my classmates, someone, because we were like a lot, we were like 80 students so you know like every break time i try to like talk to somebody new and um you know this 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 friend of mine now she's my friend uh we i just started talking to her hey like what's your story and then she was like well you know i think i'm a recovering addict you know now i'm you know embracing a raw vegan uh yogic lifestyle and then i'm just traveling and i asked and she told me i asked her so how do you stay sober and she was like I chase my highest excitement all the time. And that made a lot of sense to me because I think that, you know, like if you think about like Mark Manson, you know, like he has that, that, you know, that book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. He says like to be able to like figure out um, what you really want to do. It has to be either a fuck yes or a fuck no. And I think it it goes the same lines of like, um, like uh, of chasing your highest excitement. And for me, like, you know, like teaching is exciting, but excitement, because also it's such a loaded word. I think purpose falls under that because you can also just be pursuing excitement, hedonist excitement, and that gets old. Right? But like, I guess lately, you know, it, it, it changes. Eh? And I think you need to honor the changes. Like I was doing art obsessively for the first six months of the pandemic. Like obsessively, I was painting five paintings a day. Wow! And now I haven't been painting at all because I I realized like I, I guess I milked it. I mean, it will probably come back in a while, but you know you don't you don't want to force things. And I think people the the society does sometimes tell us it's all about monetizing all of your interests, but that's not. I don't. I I beg to differ. Like with a podcast, it's really I love being able to talk to people, and I think it. It's just a great vehicle, especially now that we can't really meet with people face to face. It it allows you to have a very focused conversation, not gossiping, mm-hmm. not talking about yourself, not venting, just talking about ideas and sharing your insights about your beliefs on the world. And you know, with this, like this thing, this thing's fun for me. And whenever people ask, "Hey, do you want to like be part of this?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's you know, it's like, this is we lack this. We lack dialogue. We lack." Um, you know, being able to just do things for the sheer love of it, right? like reading books, you know, like, or just, I don't know, like skateboarding or, you know, like, I, I think that's the beauty of, that's the silver lining of the pandemic. The pandemic has brought a lot of suffering, but at the same time, I think it has made a lot of people realize that there's the, the, the pleasures are in sim- the simple pleasures, right? like, 
taking care of your plants, you know, like being able to have time for yourself, being able to, you know, like sometimes indulge in like some pastries, right? It's that, eh? like it's, it's, and I think that's really why I'm into so many things because these things make me happy. They make me excited. They, they make me feel like fulfilled and, and they make me feel alive. I think that's the thing. It makes you feel alive. That's excitement, right? Like when you're like, you're in love or you travel, it's excitement, but that is life vibrating, right? Oh yeah, I I I I identified with this feeling like the, one of the reasons why I I really was pushed. This idea of this this series of talk really just came on a weekend. I mean, I've been wanting to do it for a long time, but the theme of it all came on a weekend because I was like feeling the energy. You know, when I came here, it was like it was like a uh, dead water. Like I was feeling that nothing was yeah. moving anymore. You know that feeling, and you have to initiate things to keep. You have to flowing, keep Movement. people talking exactly. exactly, like keep life, like you know, um, happening. Yeah. So it's a wonderful like thing. Like, I I don't think we would have done this, you know, and if if things were normal, like we'd be. Yeah, busy. yeah, we wouldn't. We wouldn't because we'd be too busy being stuck in traffic or like you know exactly. like yeah. being distracted. Like it's really. I mean, these are the silver linings to like a, like. The irony of it—it's like, like me and my friend always call it the reverse veil. You know, technology is bringing us together, right? Like, of course, there are bad parts, but I'd rather focus on the the positive parts of it. Like, we're able to do this, right? You can talk to people from around the world. You can, you know, have classes everywhere, right? So it's really, for me, I mean, of course, I miss. I, I'm still hoping for things to go back to normal, which I think it will, the man. But I think I I also hope that. We will learn from this time and Definitely, appreciate, yeah. you know, like I don't even want to start with the whole climate change thing, but like we gotta learn. We have to learn. We have to. It's it's a life or death thing. It really is. So in, in relation to COVID, like you mentioned, how was it for you the past six, seven months seven now? Months. How did how did you? I'm sure you had your struggles, like you mentioned, right? How did you yeah. cope? It was really, <laughs> you know, I remember the first. Um, especially the, the the ECQ, the first three months in lockdown, um, it was so. I was really. I I don't think I accepted the reality of the pandemic. I was just really distracting myself with, you know, Netflix and just watching movies and, like emotional eating. You know, I wasn't practicing much. And then I would teach here and there, but you know, I was in denial. I think it's the. The five stages of grief is that it? Like, you know, like I think I, I think I really, I'm still going through it. I think now there is acceptance to it, but it really wasn't a conscious acceptance. It's more like your body gets used to it, you know, your mind gets used to it. But I think, like what you said, Kanina, the movement helped. Talaga. Like, I really felt like okay, I gotta do something. Like, I remember telling my friend Snap, like, okay, we gotta do the podcast. Let's do the podcast now. It's a perfect time. You know, we have the time, we have the, we have the technology, and then. You know, I was, like I had that that phase, that painting obsessive painting phase. Um, you know, but I also had my phases where I was, you know, I was drinking. You know, I was also like um, indulging a lot. And but like lately though, um, you know, like I've been I guess really busy the past three months with the teaching. I think it it consumed a lot of my um, waking life, which is great. But at the same time, I also realized to find balance in. You know, taking care of myself and sharing space for other people. 
that's why you know like i'm glad now you know you, things are opening up you can go to the beach now even if there are protocols but you know it, it's constantly shifting you know i remember like i would find so much pleasure in like like this is like totally not a yogic thing but like because i we grew up with like mcdonald's i would drive through mcdonald's and i would park you know outside and watch a podcast and eat my mcdonald's you know and that was for me was like heaven you know like <laughs> simple pleasures still like like it and, and for me like i i recently moved to makati and i just walk around you know walk around ayala walk around um going to poblacion and you know like you realize like these walking eating these are like underrated pleasures like i mean they are pleasures in pre-covid but now it's even more of a you know like a source of comfort appreciate it more <laughs> yeah, appreciate it more I, I i i like that you're very honest with you know like what is not yogic but actually because you remind me of my kokoro coach like he's like this you know when i met him I was also strict, like, oh, I have this schedule. I was I was rigid like that. I have this diet. I have this program. I have to follow it, you know. And then he introduced me to this way because, like like you said, you know, the the subtle art of not giving a fuck. If you decide yes, then go for it, like, yep. fully. If you decide no, then, you know, decide yeah. it. Don't be in the middle, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to to indulge yourself, enjoy that burger or yeah. <laughs> enjoy that. I mean, like think of it that how people always I always tell people like, are you a priest? Are you a monk? No, you're not. Like you're a human. Like you you have you can do whatever. You have the freedom to do the things you want. I mean, there are consequences, but there are also you know like uh, benefits to it. And you know, it, it, I think the whole labeling thing, vegan. You know, like yogi, hippie. These are all labels, and if you drop the labels, man, that's liberating. And I'm still working on that, like dropping those labels, because you know, it's hard. We associate ourselves to these labels, but there's so much freedom in being able to just, you know, not not give a fuck and just like do you, do you. I mean, you know, like don't don't conform. Do be like whatever you're into. Just just pursue it, deba. It's true. Life is short. Life is short. Very good. Very important to remember. Life is short. Remember that. We're not getting out of your life. That's the truth. <laughs> so to those who are struggling, you know, um, we're almost to the end. So to those who are struggling still. And I'm sure that even though things are starting to open up, it's like coming out in an apocalypse, right? You're, yeah. You're like, yeah. What damage yeah. has been done? Like, yep. we're just starting to see it. So... Uh, what would be your way or what, what practice do you suggest can they access like easily you know um to at least find comfort or yeah well i mean you know like i i think that you gotta tread gently i think i mean even myself included like you like i remember sometimes thinking oh it's you know life's coming back again but it's not it's different it's the, the world has changed life has changed and i think like you know if you're if you're watching this you're probably on the path already or about the like you know like seek the path and i think you know with that it, it's self-awareness i think it really starts with that knowing your likes knowing what you don't like knowing your your addictions knowing your strengths and because you can't you, you the, the the play between your light and your shadow is is going to be a very, very big part of it. 
Because remember, you're not we're not perfect. Yeah. You know, you will lose your temper, you will, you know, binge eat, you will, you know, like get drunk and you know, like don't beat yourself about that. You know, you're you're, you're we're humans. And I think like when you recognize that, you'll be able to be more gentle on yourself, more kind to yourself. Like we're all doing our best. Right? We all have our traumas, we all have our issues, we're all constant works in progress. And I think you know, wherever you are now, if you feel like you want to just meditate, you want to like join a class, then join, you know, like I really, like you said, like go all in. But if you want to like stay in and eat ice cream, then you can do that too. But you can't do that every night. You're going to feel like shit after. I mean, you know, like if you meditate every day for a week, you're going to see the difference. And I always tell my students this, like try meditating for seven days straight. One minute a day long, one minute in the morning, one minute in the evening. And then after that week, don't meditate. And you will see a very, very big difference in the quality of your life. And it's just that, right? When you experience it, it's up to you if you have the discipline to be able to go through it. But for me, just tread gently because it's, you know, it's a lot now. Things are very overwhelming, very you know, like, uh, stress-inducing. And you, know, you can't flip the switch right away. It takes, it's a process and you know, one moment at a time. It's very important. I, I think also because there's so much stress already, like you don't exactly. want to add to this. So how can people reach you? You know, you mentioned meditation and, and Kundalini. How can they reach you? Where can they learn more about what you do? Yeah, so um, I usually post on Instagram, uh, Nick Daez, N-I-C-K-D-A-E-Z, and then on Facebook as well. So I usually post my class schedule. So... It's constantly changing. Like I, I, I do my nightly uh, evening meditations, which are just 20 minutes audio only Zoom sessions, but I do private sessions as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, soon I'll be starting again my group uh, meditation and Kundalini uh, yoga classes, as well as sound baths. So yeah, a lot of stuff happening, but mostly they're all in my socials, Instagram and, and Facebook. Okay. I'll make sure to put that in somewhere <laughs> in the notes. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, I don't usually say that like, no, no, put it down in the notes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing and thank you for your time. I'm sure people will want to get in touch, like, you know, ask questions after we post this. And yeah, we'll hopefully hear from you again. <laughs> I'll stop. Oh, thanks so much for having me. That was so much fun. Thanks, Thank Sam. you so much, Nick. And we'll keep in You're touch. Welcome. I hope to take one of your classes. I will definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I should I... take yours too. Because you got to take each other's <laughs> classes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks, Sam. Thank Bye. You.